Of course, it would be ill-advised of me to make claims as to the infallibility of narrative. Which is a pretentious way of saying that it's high time we talk about the fact that stories do have limits. As much as I might like to pretend that the stories we tell are the new be-all, end-all of truth and persuasion, the reality is that stories are subjective and are thereby prone to operational miscarriage. They are not infallible in their power. That said, by working to understand those states of critical failure and potential cases of non-function, we might, as storytellers, learn how ideally to circumvent them. For at their core, stories are a tool, and their ultimate effectiveness depends on the skill of the storyteller. Mostly. So, today, we're finally turning our attention to the limitations of narrative power with specific focuses on the inherent mutability of narrative and the phenomenon of semantic satiation at the cultural level. Now, what does that all mean? Uh, we'll get to that. My name is Kiwi Drummond. I use a she-her pronoun, and this is Internarrative. Let's rock. issue, and the one with which we must inescapably start, is the fact that we have a lot less control over our stories than would really be ideal. Have you ever heard of a phenomenon called death of the author? I'm sure you have at some point, for it is a phrase that has very much infiltrated the public consciousness though it may not mean what you think it might, in that it has nothing to do with the mortality of writers. No, in truth, it's a concept posited by one Roland Barthes, wherein he argues that, and I quote, A text is not a line of words releasing a single theological meaning, the message of the author god, but a multidimensional space in which a variety of writings, none of them original, blend and clash. Now that is an excruciatingly academic definition, so here's what that means in normal language. A given message, be it contained in a book, or a film, or a tweet, or whatever, is subject to interpretation on the part of the audience. As soon as you've hit go, you, the author, and your authorial intent are effectively dead, hence the name. Now, in the interest of disclosure, I should mention that there is some academic debate about how strictly relevant the death of the author is as a phenomenon to us today, Basically, some people think it's outdated and inapplicable as a concept. I disagree. I believe there are some key aspects of the death of the author that are exceedingly relevant to us today. So, I'm sure at this point you're wondering, 
Kiwi. This is grand and all, but can you get to the point? What are those aspects and why are they relevant? Which are superb questions, my inquisitive friend, and I'll tell you. The point is that the second you release your story out into the world, irrespective of whatever form it may take, your intentions as a storyteller no longer matter. You have just about zero control over how a given person will ultimately perceive and interpret your narrative. Sure, you can meticulously formulate your message and strive to present it in as clear and consistent a way as possible, but that just doesn't guarantee someone will receive that message in the way you really want them to. Stories are inherently damnably subjective, and we simply cannot control their impact in a substantive way once we've released them into the wilds. All stories are fundamentally mutable. It's like throwing darts blindfolded. You hope you hit your target, but there's every chance you'll hit the wall, or, in the worst-case scenario, someone else. But, truth be told, the mutability of narrative, while somewhat intimidating, shouldn't really come across as being all that scary. Frankly, the subjectivity of stories is a magical thing. The fact that a single narrative entity can mean and be so many different things to so many different people is actually kind of cool. It adds to the spice and diversity of life, if you want to be poetic about it. And anyway, ceding control of things is an intrinsic part of life. It's not something that happens only to our stories. In short, narrative mutability is nothing to freak out about. What truly terrifies me is semantic satiation as it plays out on the cultural level. Let's start with a definition. As a term, semantic satiation refers to, and I quote, the subjective experience of loss of meaning of a word as a result of prolonged inspection and repetition of that word. Have you ever repeated a word to yourself so much that it starts to sound not like a word at all? That's semantic satiation in action. I could give you an example by repeating, say, the word soup until your ears bleed, but... Well, I don't think either of us would particularly enjoy that. Suffice to say, it's a psychological phenomenon that simply refers to when a thing loses meaning for you due to repetition. And I posit that it is a phenomenon that also has relevance to us as storytellers operating at the sociocultural level. Here's what I'm getting at. A story is not all that dissimilar from a word. Yes, it's more notionally complex, but at the end of the day, it's simply just like a word, a conceptual apparatus used to convey meaning and information. It's just a more complicated semantic entity. It therefore follows that, just as a word can lose meaning due to gratuitous repetition, so too can a story. I accordingly assert that excessive narrative repetition can not only compromise, but completely and utterly annihilate rhetorical efficacy. 
which is just a needlessly fancy way of saying that I am of the opinion that telling a story over and over again dilutes its power to the point of uselessness. I believe that, if indiscriminately employed, a story will steadily lose traction until eventually it's just background noise at the edge of your audience's minds. And that is absolutely terrifying. At least, it is to me. For if narrative, if stories, are the foundation of our actuality, as I have so vehemently argued they are throughout this podcast, then what are we without them? How can we exist in a meaningful way? What can we possibly be? In a place utterly devoid of meaning, how are we supposed to exercise self-definition and determination? How do we affect change? What sort of hollow and harrowing existence is one spent moving through life wholly stripped of context and substance? Now, in fairness, I'm probably being a little overdramatic right now, for new stories will always arise to take the place of those that die. Humans are, after all, born storytellers. Nevertheless, I posit that the semantic satiation of narrative at the cultural level is the death of subjective meaning. It is a reality that, as storytellers, we must always keep close in our minds, for failure to circumvent its pitfalls will rob us of the core of our being. So there you have it. Stories are not all-powerful. Not only can the storyteller not exert absolute control over them due to the inherent mutability of narrative, they can also lose their meaning to the point of their complete and utter semantic disintegration. Like I've said, stories are a tool as any other. It is up to us to ensure that we use them in a careful and conscientious way. Now then, folks... I am astounded to say that in the next episode, we will not only be closing out Season 3, we're going to be concluding Internarrative. The end is nigh, y'all, and we're going to go out with a bang. Get excited. But for now, my name is Kiwi Drummond, thanks for listening, and I'll see you one last time. Bye for now.